Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 43 of the Reinventure Me podcast. Are you in sales? Well, you better be, because your next transition might depend just on that. And we have the guru of sales to tell us the secret of selling success. We're going to be visiting with Stephen Schiffman on this episode of Reinventure Me. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates. And I'm Armin Asadi. And we are here to uh, have some fun. That's right. We have a special guest today. Very honored to have this gentleman with us. Very honored to have this gentleman with us. Stephen Schiffman joins us today from New York, and he is here to to help us discern what's next in life. And we're going to have a chance to chat with him here in just a minute. Uh, Stephen is the author of 70 books and a renowned uh, sales advocate, renowned sales consultant, trainer, motivational speaker. Uh, You've read some of his books? Yeah, I read three of his 70 books. Um, I mean, uh, Stephen Schiffman is no joke. I mean, he's consulted companies like IBM, AT&T, Motorola, Sprint, Cigna, and so many other. I mean, I think he's done over 9,000 companies where he's taught them from a corporate level down on the essence and tricks and everything that's revolving around sales, Uh, just the whole how-to guide from beginning to end. Well, we're really honored to have Steven on board with us. We don't want to take any more time in an introduction. We want to just get right to it. Well, Steve, thanks for being with us on this episode of Reinventure Me. We've been uh, really looking forward to chatting with you because you are the guru of sales. I uh, spent a lot of time traveling all over. You told us earlier before the show that uh, you're gone four days a week. Is that right? Yeah, four days a week. I, I travel extensively, and I travel not only throughout the United States, but but actually uh, I've been in 43 countries speaking wow. about success and sales and motivation and why people um, do what they do, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. And that takes a lot of understanding of human behavior, doesn't it? Yes. And, and also what you start to learn is that there are certain things that are truly universal. Mm. There, there are certain traits about successful people that are universal. And, and once you understand that, you, it doesn't matter where you are. All you have to do is apply yourself and you have the right thing and, and, and it will come together for you. Oh, that's great. So you find that there's, uh, when by universal, you mean really global, right? And so it doesn't, they're not, they transcultural. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's like similar to sales for a second. You know, it always amazes me that in a sales environment that whether I'm in the Philippines or I'm in Malaysia or I'm in the UK or even Russia, you get the same things. People have the same questions. Now you'd think it'd be different, mm-hmm. totally different. It isn't. It's it's the same. It comes down to the same thing. It's building that relationship, but having that discussion with somebody. Mm-hmm. So what I always find interesting about that is how universal some of those things are. When I say universal, global, how yeah. how it is 
where everybody goes through the same thing. Nobody's all that different, yet we are all unique. Yeah, right. So what are, I'm curious, what are some of those things? What are some of the similarities that you see that are? Well, interesting in sales, let's just talk about sales for just a second, because there's this whole concept of rejection. Every salesperson in the world hates rejection, Mm -hmm. meaning they don't want to lose a sale. That's Mm -hmm. what they're talking about. Yet when you really analyze rejection and and let's talk about just broad, uh, the the broad stroking, uh, uh, broad stroke of rejection, what you're really talking about is frustration, anger, humiliation. That's really what goes into that. Mm-hmm. So that's the actual feeling when you don't accomplish something, when you don't get to your goal, which we should talk about goal setting. What happens is you really feel angry, you feel frustrated, you feel humiliated. And that's a universal trait about most people when they don't get to where they want to be. Well, that fits perfectly in with our audience, right? Because a lot of what we're about is what's next in life. And many people are frustrated being stuck in a job that they're in, or they may have been looked over for advancement. So they feel like they've been short-sighted in some ways or short. What's the right word? <laughs> short, short changed. You yeah. got the short stick. They but, got the short but the, stick. But the interesting thing is that, that you just said it is, is that part of it is they've let themselves become just a job. They've mm-hmm. let it become just a job. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen it as a vehicle to accomplish their goals. I, I don't believe that everybody's an entrepreneur. I don't think that's going to happen. And and so not everybody's going to start a business and not everybody's going to become famous, but you don't have to have a job. You create another world for yourself mm-hmm. so that you, you become a satisfied individual and you feel like you've accomplished things. You could, you could go to work, but it doesn't need to be a job is what you're saying. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. And what, and, 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 right. And, and what is it that makes that difference? Do you see? It's your enthusiasm. It's mm. your belief that what you're doing has some meaning and, and let's minimize this. So, so I, I explain it this way. The most menial job still leads to something. There's a reason people are doing it. They're raising their family. They're working on on buying something. They're working on, on on their children being better. So there's a goal behind it. So if you see it that way, then it's not work. It really is a goal. It's a it's a way a vehicle in which you can accomplish your goals. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been in sales for a long, long time. Uh, mm-hmm. Should I ask you how long, long that's been? Too long can I? Then I can't count. <laughs> yeah, it's been 35 years now. Okay. How did, how did you get training. into that? I've been Th- training. Yeah. Yeah. Take us back. How did you get into sales? How did you discover that as your occupation of choice? It's a long story, but but it's and I won't, I won't do the whole version. But what really happened was I was a psychology major, and I, I got out of school and I did some selling and nothing spectacular, but but I did have a message to give about motivation. And so I decided to become a speaker. And that's the most ridiculous thing in the world for someone to say at that age, I think I'll become a motivational speaker. I mean, where does that come from? Mm-hmm. And, and I could tell you how that happened, but, but I'll leave this just an epiphany that happened one day. But the problem was that doing saying that and then doing that are two different things. So what happened was I had to learn to sell. That is, I had to learn to sell my services. And in doing that, people said, well, why don't you teach us how to sell? Don't teach us the motivational piece. So little by little, I grew and I started started the business. Um, the business has gone through or went through at least five different metamorphoses, mm. as did I, as we grew and changed. And, and I grew with the business and the business grew with me um, and to where we are today. And now after 35 years later, you're back to being a motivational speaker. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I sold the business and and then kind of took it back a little bit. And and now I'm doing more, actually more work on my own than than I actually did before, mm. which is really kind of ironic. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Well, we typically have a segment where we uh, dive into a, something that's inspirational. And before we dive into the rest of the questions that we have for you, uh, considering our audience of people looking for what's next in life, what inspira- uh, inspiring quote have you found that has inspired you in your own company or in your own ventures? Oh, the, the, the simply is Winston Churchill, mm. who simply said, never, never, never quit. Mm. That's it. That's as simple as that. that. That to me, the key to success is just not quitting. It's easy to quit. It, there's a million reasons to give up. Yeah, There's only right. one reason to continue, though, and that's to become successful. Yeah. But people don't see it that way. So they, they find reasons to say, this isn't working. Yeah, I can give you a million reasons why I shouldn't have been in business. I can tell you everything about why I shouldn't have been in business, why I shouldn't have expanded, why I should not have done. <laughs> right. But I can tell you only one reason to do it, and that was to be successful. And that def- definition of success is really a key aspect of what we need to talk about because everybody has their own definition of success. And unfortunately, most of the goals that we carry are ones that we developed when we were 17 years old. Mm -hmm. We don't change them as we grow. (laughs) So we're carrying the same goal for 35 years as if we're 17 and we're not 17 anymore. Yeah. Well, boy, you baited me now because, uh, of course, I've got to ask you, what is your definition of success? Yeah, then? that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, to, to me, it's really being happy and excited and charged up and being able to support my family if I had to look at it that way. But, but I looked at it very interesting. To me, I wanted to be happy doing what I did. Mm. Now, that meant traveling. That meant being away. Mm-hmm. And, and I had kids, you know, all, uh, I have two girls that have grown up, but my, my concept with them was relatively simple. I'll give you two stories, relatively simple. One was if I wasn't happy, that is, if I wasn't doing what I wanted to do, they would know that and therefore they would not grow up to be happy. Mm-hmm. So the, the fact that I was away was a negative, mm-hmm. but the fact that I was doing what I wanted to do and came back and told them that was very positive. Now, there's something else though that I learned that I did, and I, and I can't tell you how I learned this. It's just something that I did. When my kids did something well, I didn't say to them, gee, I'm proud of you. Oh, you did a great job. Boy, you're fantastic. I didn't say that. I never said it that way. Mm -hmm. What I said to them was, you must be proud of what you did. Mm. You must be excited about what you just accomplished. Mm. The end result is they don't depend on me or my wife for satisfaction. They are independent, very successful people on their own right because they know they're successful. Well, that's, that's very profound because what you did was you, you told them they have ownership for their own success and happiness. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I think that's so important and I don't think that we do that enough. And same thing with employees, people that work for us, we've got to say to people, you've got to feel good about yourself. Not me. Oh, Oh, I can think you did a great job, but that's irrelevant. Yeah. That's really important. Great job. That's really a keen insight. Yeah. That's a paradigm shift for me. It reminds me of why I think you like that Winston Churchill quote, because it, it ties in with what you said was the universal indicator that you found of success is that when people mm-hmm. don't see their work as a job, that's right. then they're owning their own success and happiness, That's right? right? That's right. 
Sure. And that's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen so many people. I, I'm thinking of somebody now who's a friend of mine. I, he's a, a porter in a building and, and he's unhappy. And he, and, and when I see him, I, 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 I go, John, you know, can't you make it work for yourself? I mean, he's doing it long. He just can't get out of it. He just can't get, mentally get himself out of the routine of doing that. I mean, it's not the greatest job, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. It, 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 it's what it is. It's what you have. Does he feel stuck um, he's, then? He's thinking back to when he was a kid instead of realizing where he is now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you might say to somebody like that other than, you know, can't you get unstuck? Is there, are there some practical things or do you think people just get to the point where they just give up at some point and say, I, I can't, I can't fix this. It's not going to be any different. And the world is conspiring against me. I can't relate to somebody who gives up. Yeah. So I can't answer that question. for you. <laughs> I, I would love to give you that answer. <laughs> right. I cannot relate to the person who gives up. Yeah. I can't me, either. That is the antithesis of everything. Yeah. I watched my dad give up on his, uh, after a surgery that he could have recovered from and, and he chose not to go through the rehabilitation and the hospitals can't force him to go through the rehabilitation. And he gave up and yes. he, and he slid down into death. And I told my wife <laughs> that if you see me do this, I'm going to tell you are mean, yeah. if you see me do this, just <laughs> kick my butt because <laughs> that is not how I want to. Well, end my, well life. my, my feeling about that, just to give you my, it, it, when that moment comes for me, I just want a taxi to take me away. So I don't, get involved in that area. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not dying. I'm going to have a cab ready to go. Yeah. Right on. That's, that's my, my whole take on that whole thing. But, but there is a point though, where I, I do think people do give up and, and there are about four different things that, that happen to us that don't let us break through. Mm. And, and those are kind of important to talk about too. Well, what are some of those? Well, okay. So I've done a lot of different studies and a lot of different research. And what I find is that, that, the, the number one issue that stop a lot of people is spiritually unhappy, that they're not satisfied with their spirituality. And, mm. and I'm not talking about God or being a believer in an afterlife. I'm, I, I'm not talking about that. But I'm just saying that eventually you have to gain some insight into your spirituality and understand who you are and what the reason for this whole thing is. Mm-hmm. And you have to reach some conclusion. Now, you're not going to reach that when you're five years old. In fact, uh, someone said to me recently, you can't change a five-year-old. You know, that's kind of who they are for mm-hmm. the moment. You know, you're not going to suddenly get them to change their mind. But as you grow, you need to have some spirituality. The second thing I find is that people who have family problems, who, who can't deal with their family, that drags them down and that oh, takes sure. them down. Sure. And what that really addresses is people who, who are, are needy. We, we all have people in our lives who demand time and take away from our success and our ability to do well. And that gets in the way. I look at medical issues. You know, everybody in life has at least once thought that they were going to have a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully <laughs> nobody does, but, but they at least thought they were going, Oh, I've got a sinus headache. It's mm-hmm. a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. I'm going to die. <laughs> and, and the last thing is economic things, financial. If mm-hmm. you are financially strapped, you, you're worried about money all the time. You can't get past that then inevitably you're going to have troubles. And so I tell people, it's not just getting out of debt. That That's not the issue. It's not debt. It's having the, the problem that it causes uh, around. If you can avoid that problem, you're better off. 
Yeah, it's the it's the poverty mindset rather than the That's amount right. of money you do or don't have. Is that it's right? not the debt. The debt yeah. is not an issue, and and it's not a question of being rich or not rich. I I can show you people who are so rich that they're unhappy. Yeah. You know, so hey, that's wonderful. Good for them. And I can show you people who have no money who are who are delightfully happy. Right on. Mm-hmm. So, Steve, I have to ask you some uh, questions that are more focused on selling, just because I have friends that are obsessed with you, your books, and however many of them you've written now. Um, seventy, 70 books. I've written seventy books. Seventy books. Good. I'm I'm working on page one of my first book, so I'm almost <laughs> good, there. Good you. You're working on page one. <laughs> You're working on page one. <laughs> All right, I'm really working on the title still. <laughs> Actually, when I told my friends that you were going to be on the show, I, I literally got a list of 40 different questions from several different people because they all want to pick your brain. So one mm-hmm. of the questions that I liked a lot is, is selling yourself any different than selling a product or a service? Is, is, say it again. Is selling yourself any different than selling a product or service? Yeah. No, no, no. It, look, selling is really starting to understand what the other person wants to accomplish. And when you're in a position to help somebody accomplish their goals, you're selling a product, you're selling yourself, you're selling a service. It doesn't make any difference. Definition of selling is asking people what they do, how they do it, when they do it, where they do it, who they do it with, why they're doing it that way, and then helping them do it better. Salespeople who fail don't help people do what they do better. They just help themselves. Hmm. And, And that's the fallacy. That's the fallacy about selling. Mm, that is good. That is really good. So what are some sales skills that are important for everyone to develop, you think? There are four areas that we're concerned with. One, we're concerned with prospecting, that it's actually getting in front of somebody. Okay. Making the presentation when we get there so that we can actually have a conversation. And it's a conversation. We have to be able to understand our product. So I like to label that product malleability. And the last is personal and professional development, things we do to improve ourselves. Now, here's the change. Years ago, we used to say that personal and professional development was the key. In other words, that was the key to your success. Attitude was money, AIM. That was the concept. That's changed. The reality is 45% of your success has to be in finding somebody that's prospecting. 20% is in the presentation. So it's 65% is finding somebody and telling them what we do. If we don't do that, if we're not successful at that skill set, not at just being a great person, but at that skill set of finding somebody and talking to them, then we're not going to be successful in sales. Mm-hmm. I had a fortune cookie that I got once that said sell rather than be poor. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was good advice. It's a good line. No, it's a good line. It, it really is. I mean, if you can sell, but it's just it's not just selling a product, it's selling yourself too. That's what that's what I do. Yeah, I've well, got appointments tomorrow in Washington. I, I, I that I'm I'm going down to people to see. And those are all sales calls. And and it really is a relationship and, and developing some commonality with them to find out what they're all about and what they want to accomplish. I, I want to back you up just a minute because you talked about um, selling uh, yourself is not any different than selling a product or service. And I, and I believe that you're, you're right in, in the sense that it's the same skills that need to be applied in doing both, right? Right, right. Um, but I find internally that it's different in the area that you talked about before with respect to rejection, because it's one thing if I'm selling a software product, which I've done and they say no, right. But when I'm now selling myself as a speaker or whatever else, and they say no, then it's personal. Right. right. That's (laughs) a good differentiator. But it, but it's, it, 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 you know, the, the great cliche is that salespersons shouldn't take anything personal. 
That's that, a lot of yeah, it's never happened. You right? do take it personally. You yeah, do. Yeah. You don't make the sale. You take it personally. Yeah. I don't care if the sales about you or the sales about a product or service. You're still going to take it personally. But it's and, and I think that anybody who says otherwise is giving people poor, poor direction. Yeah, but it's easier when it's an when it's a another product because I can separate it. I can say, well, yeah, that know, product's I defective. Sure, I know. I know. It's and like, I don't want like to admit removed. that I'm defective. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like remove, but but then but then if you remove yourself too much, you become the ghost in the room. You That's know, true. all of a sudden mm. you have you know where you're not really there. It's an out of body experience, and and I, I I see too many reps that are having out of body experiences when they're trying to sell. And they're not really present and you want to be present. Yeah. And I think if my situation might be helped, if I go back to what you said earlier, which is, you know, if you believe in yourself and you believe that you're there to solve a need for another party, then yes. when they say no, then it isn't necessarily about you as the solution. It's that you need to find the right party to whom you would that's be right. a good solution for. That's right. And that's, that's why right. prospecting is 60% right. of the business, right? Or 40% right. of the business. It, 40, that's right. Exactly right. You got it. It, it really is. And, and it's a continuous process. It never ends. And sales prospecting never ends. Mm. Now, what our, a lot of our listeners, I suspect, we we, we <laughs> want to hear from some of our listeners, but I would suspect a lot of our listeners that might be going through a transition are thinking, hey, I want to move into this new career, or, or I'm a little bit uncertain about this thing because I don't have the competency yet, but it's mm-hmm. an area that I want to move into. Uh, and maybe they don't see themselves as being a self-promoter. What okay. suggestions would you have for somebody who doesn't naturally think of themselves as having sales skills? Uh, break it down into the sales 101. You know, like when I took a cooking class, the title of the class was How to Boil Water 101. So, what's the sales equivalent of that for mm. those who don't really self promote, don't really know how to do that, and maybe feel a little awkward doing so? Well, okay, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. I do, I do a piece sometimes where I talk to people about what things that they do that get in their own way. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's like procrastination. People procrastinate all the time <laughs> and, and they procrastinate for a Guilty. variety of reasons with, without, without really knowing why they're doing it. So what I usually tell people is don't reinvent the wheel, reinvent yourself. Mm. Stop trying to be so unique, so different in the world, whatever it is you do. And, and don't reinvent the wheel, reinvent you. You're the one that can change. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to do. Tomorrow, you can be anybody you want to be. I tell my classes all the time that when I do these, these speeches. I say, look, you don't have to be the same person tomorrow. You can change what you're wearing. You can change your haircut. You can change your clothing. You don't have to wear the same stuff you wore through college and now you're an adult. <laughs> you know, it's time to grow up. Time to give the um, laser suit a rest. Most people don't want to grow up. That <laughs> may be the key thing that, mm-hmm. that we liked being warm and cozy in college or wherever we went to and, and we want to stay in that spot. Mm. But, uh, but I really believe it, it's, it's all about reinvention. Mm-hmm. And there's a physical and mental reinvention. I mean, we could get into that if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Mm-hmm the whole premise of the show. Yeah. What are some of the best tips that you might suggest to somebody with respect to that? Uh, well, physical, in- physical reinvention. First of all, if, if you can, and you need to lose weight, all right. you know, change that thing right away, move in those directions, move in directions to improve yourself. And I'm not ob- obsessive about this. Yeah. I'm just saying that you've got to look at yourself and say, okay, what can I do that I'm going to feel good about what I've accomplished. And, and that's easy. Somebody, people can do that. Mm-hmm. Stop smoking. Another mm-hmm. thing. I mean, you know, th- th- mm-hmm. those habits, 
the thing is that habits are the key to our sanity. We need certain habits to, to, in order to survive. Every day you get up, if you actually got up in the morning and said to yourself, well, what shoe am I going to put on first, left or right? You know, you'll never get any place. So we have, and, and we all dress certain ways and we, we put on the shoe, this shoe first, that shoe next. I mean, everybody does it, you know, if you wear shoes, but which not everybody does. But, but the point is that what you want to think, oh, you got that. Thank you. I'm glad somebody got that too. Um, but, but the point that I'm making is that habits are the key to our sanity, but it doesn't mean we have to keep every habit. Just because they're habits and we're comfortable with it doesn't mean we have to keep them. Mm-hmm. It means we have we can change and adjust. Yep. That's really good. So uh, typically towards this part of the show, we want to we, we wanna be able to give something practical to our uh, listeners that they can use as a takeaway from just listening to you. So I just want to, uh, for our Challenge Me segment, I want to ask you, what's something simple anyone can do to get better at sales? Oh, we're talking, we're talking, we're talking sales now? Just yeah. sales? Well, whether that's selling yourself or selling a product or service, regardless, but just the most basic level, how do you get better at sales? Practice. Right on. Practice. I mean, it sounds so ridiculous, but because nobody does it. Practice. You, you, you wouldn't go to the golf course without practicing. You wouldn't play baseball without practicing. Mm-hmm. There isn't a, a professional athlete who doesn't practice, right. even though they're playing every day. What happens is most salespeople will say to me, well, I'm practicing because I'm going out on sales calls. That's not practicing. That's going out on sales calls. That's the play. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got to practice. You've got to learn how you're going to approach the individual. When I ask salespeople, what is it you say to trigger off the conversation? They have no answer. They go, well, I, I just walk in and say, tell me about your business. Well, that's not, that's not a discussion. That's not a starter or anything. Right. The, the one thing you know in selling when you meet somebody for the first time is they're not your customer. They're somebody else's customer. Mm. So why don't you work knowing that, work with that knowledge? That's the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You know they're not working with you. Why not? Mm-hmm. They're working mm-hmm. with somebody. Mm-hmm. or else you wouldn't be there in the first place. So those are things that, that people don't, they don't think it out. Maybe, maybe that's what I'm trying to say to you. They don't think out where they are. They just let it happen to themselves. Hmm. And it sounds like the kind of people you're describing that you've seen all the time do that in a, in a sense of desperation. There, there are four things that stop people from, from success. There's fear, uncertainty, doubt, and habits. Mm-hmm. And so when, when I look at it, this is what I look at, is a lot of people are just fearful of being successful. They're afraid of it. And I can give you reasons to be afraid of it because, you know what, it's hard. Yeah, It, it may be hard to, to, to maintain it, but that's something else. So they're, they're afraid. They're uncertain about what's going to happen. They're not sure of themselves. The self-doubt is the stands for doubt. Self-doubt, they don't believe in what they're doing, and they don't visualize themselves accomplishing their goal they visualize failure rather than success Mm -hmm. now that sounds bizarre but you really have to visualize yourself as being successful Mm -hmm. and then the habits which we talked about before i once challenged a group of people and and there's a reason i'm telling you a story i said to, to it was mostly men and i said i want you tomorrow to shave a different way Hmm. when you get up tomorrow morning you start shaving. i want you instead of shaving this way shave this way whatever it is just change the way you do it. And I got a call 15 years, 15 years later, 15 <laughs> years later. So it's not that long ago. 
guy called me up and he said, you know something? I think of you every single day. Mm. And I said, why? I, I, you know, I just, he said, because I do that. And every day it's the same problem. I go through this thing, mm. trying to remember I'm doing it differently. He said, but I think about what you told me, what you said that day. And that ties into something else, which I think is very important. And that I've been blessed with the opportunity to be with so many people and help other people mm-hmm. that I'm fortunate in that, in that position in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, uh, we're fortunate to be able to spend that time uh, with you today. Uh, so Steve, uh, we're out of time. Unfortunately, we could probably go on for another half hour or an hour or indefinitely, but, uh, we just want to thank you for, for being with us on this episode of reinvent me. I know our audience is going to get a lot from that. So well, that's, that's great. Thank you. You honor me by your presence and, and you honor me by allowing you to me for me to be with you too. Well, thanks. Thanks so much, Steve. You'll find the show notes for this episode as well as links to Steven's website and some of the books that you can get from him uh, on our show notes at reinventure.me slash 43, because this is episode 43. We sure would love for you to visit the show notes and also leave your comments for us there or leave us a comment on our show line at 612-314-5447. So until next week, this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi saying so long. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi.